psycho I can't sexual <laughs> transdimensional plotting unit. I don't know. Hey guys, it is Friday what, what, again. What, 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 what? It's Friday? Yeah, yeah. What is it? The eighth? Is it what? not Thursday? Yeah. <laughs> not Thursday. It is Friday. Are we rolling? Yep, we are. Holy we're biscuits. Rolling. We are rolling in the park. Yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? It's not placebo, and it's not psychosomatic. Is it a palliative? Well, it could be when when you believe something is good for you, but there's no scientific evidence. That is a dotty dot dot. That's a religion. Pseudoscience? No, that's a placebo. The the placebo effect, right? Well, I, I mean, this is why I'm asking. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, no, I, I think feel like there's a better word for it, like... Placebo? I mean, you, you couldn't say that, for example, a rabbit's foot provided a placebo effect or, or, or was a placebo. You couldn't say that a rabbit's foot was a placebo because there is no direct substitution that actually does anything. Because you don't ingest the rabbit's foot? That well, no, I don't think that's what qualifies it one way or the other. I think it's simply smart. that... That uh, and sorry for this little elf hole here, but I think that uh, very important. Right we may now. have lost Dave. No, but I I think. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if you give me two pills and you say one is a headache medicine and one of and these one is, is a placebo, medicine, yeah, that's placebo. And I, yeah, and I take one and I feel better, and it turns out it's just a sugar pill. That's a placebo. That's right? the placebo effect. But well, the pill the, itself, the pill would be itself the is a placebo. Absolutely, yes. and this is actually really germane to our world right now right. because of what you were saying about your mask. So what I'm asking is, yeah, let's take the case of the rabbit's foot. Oh, I'm walking along. I have a rabbit's foot, and I, I feel like it's going to give me good luck. Now it's a belief, and I, I'm not. There is no direct substitution for the rabbit's foot. In other words, I'm not thinking. Ah, if I only had a lizard foot, then I would actually be protected from the fates. I know that it's sort of a whimsical belief set, but it makes me feel better anyway. No, is but that that's not a good example because that's true. No, no, this is a good example. <laughs> no, this is what I'm saying. Rabbit I'm... feet work. <laughs> oh no! Oh no, Fravel. <laughs> Elf hole. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sliding okay, down. Okay, so is there? An, are you carrying a rabbit? What? 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 what no, brought no, no, this no. Up? I'm, are, are you, have you I'm got... one step away from the mask, but right now I'm in between the placebo and the mask, and I'm on the rabbit foot. And the question that I have is: Are masks I'm... placebos? Well, no, I don't know what the right term is. That's what I'm first trying to determine. Because if I'm walking down the street and I've got oh, my rabbit foot, ye of little belief. Oh, it's ye. not a placebo. Placebo, right? What is it? What is that? What is the belief? mask? What are you, you, are you talking that? specifically about masks? Right no, now? not yet. I'm talking about the rabbit's foot. What do you call that belief in the rabbit's foot? What do you call the effect I, that the belief in the rabbit's okay, foot? This is what I would say. It's superstition. It's, you call the belief a delusion, and you call the effect a placebo. When, well, it, when it comes to rabbit's feet. But yeah, I mean, I suppose you could call it anything, but you're saying it grants a placebo effect. I do. Okay, I'll go with that. Okay. Okay, so now, on to so, so now on to your daily aspirin. So, so the question is, no, 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 I want to jump to the mask. So now the question <laughs> is. You're hanging on to it is like a rabbit. If you foot. have a mask made of felt versus a mask made of whatever. Now, there have been a number of tests done. I have a mask that has a charcoal filter in it. But I think to myself, well, first of all, I don't know if this has been laboratory tested or if there's any sort of science about it. This charcoal filter protects from, say, particulates coming in directly through the mouth hole. But 
all kinds of stuff can get in through the side. I could get it on my hands, putting stuff in and taking it out. So really, what's the net effect of the charcoal? Is it just a rabbit's foot? Okay, so to what I'm reading, and I don't know if, if this is accurate, but the mask doesn't protect you. It only protects those around you. So right, the but, but efficacy of the mask is kind of negligible. Totally, but the claim of a filter is that it does actually filter out 0.3 yeah. micron or whatever. Yeah. So that's the claim of this particular mask is that it would protect you because it filters out those smaller particulates. Yeah, no, it's on it a doesn't. range. It's on a range, but yeah, I, I tend to think that it's hooey you think it's all i don't hooey. think it's hooey i think it's i think it's a spectrum of protection <laughs> spectrum i think of it, yeah i think it gives you some protection but, not. but do you think if i didn't have the filter and this mask would give me the e uh, same amount of protection or you I think the filter grants some nominal i amount think of the filter probably grants some nominal really? if you add a coffee filter it would grant that much more no, I think actually this charcoal filter is a higher quality than the coffee filter. Are you sure, though? I think no, of course not. What if you believed sure. it? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, these are the questions that are burning in everybody's mind. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody. But but the bottom line is N95s are the only thing that actually protect you. Well, then again, you wear an N95, but you don't protect your eyes. What's the good? Well, because you don't breathe, you don't get as many protect. One of my understand understandings of this thing is that viral load counts. So Wait a second, could you say that word again? Viral load. <laughs> that so was a little arousing. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> um, so oh, the God. amount of virus that you get, your 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 <laughs> immune system can can handle a certain amount of invaders oh really and yeah so if you just get a few par uh, a few viral particles but you're saying the money shot not. of the viral load is through the mouth <laughs> well yeah well I, my understanding is that it's it's in that. your mucous it, membranes it's your nose mouth gotcha. uh, but the yeah i don't know who knows i eyes is a relatively low vector and we we should say uh i don't even know, want to talk about yeah we're <laughs> fucking covid god damn it we're all a little emotional this morning we it's can take a break really from it yeah we, yeah we can talk about something we can else. talk about tough love tuesdays you guys want to hear about tough love tuesday oh yes no. i do <laughs> yes so um oliver who's nine does not know how to ride a bike and i i usually have him on tuesdays and i declared tuesdays tough love tuesday whereby we ride his bike for an hour and a half no matter what no you, matter how much complaining or crying or pain are you putting aside money for his therapy fund no 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 and uh he's almost there man we just had one tough love tuesday and he almost knows how to ride a bike how, how is he ten uh, nine 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 okay yeah yeah yeah, Rosie, uh, uh, Kathy's kid, also is not a bike rider. And, and which, how old is And she? that kind of blows my mind. She's eight. Um, but it kind of, I mean, when I was a kid, it just seemed like it, the bike riding was the pinnacle of, uh, everybody wanted, you know, you're three years old and you're yeah. tooling around on a tiny bike with training wheels and everybody wanted to be out on a bike or a trike or, you know, that was the thing to do and now i think scooters does he do a scooter no he plays Fortnite. but i think that um <laughs> i think that's so you know he knows life. how to fly on a glider at least virtually but don't you think that's the difference between inside life and outside life we had a lot of freedom i mean i remember learning how to ride a bike we were on a dirt road oh my god was that painful yeah we were too yeah 
I learned fact, how to ride a bike from the neighbor kids. Fact, they they taught me. Yesterday, I had a and the elf hole that I wanted to go down um, has to do with this. But uh, I I went out to visit my dad yesterday. He lives in Stillwater, and um, I made a stop in Matamidi, where I grew up, um, and brought my folding my little folding Brompton bike out there because I thought, wouldn't it be cool to ride up and down the road that I grew up on? It's I've, I haven't done it since I was a kid. You know, and it used to be so Laurel Road, the, the road that I grew up in, Matamidi, was just a little kind of a horseshoe off of the more main drag, um, maybe a quarter of a mile long in total. Um, and we lived kind of at the bottom of the horseshoe, you know, so the furthest point from the ends. And um, so we would just ride back and forth up to the the main road on one one end, ride past the house up to the other end. And when he got out to the end of that road, it felt like you're, you know, here there be dragons. That was sure. the end of the universe That's for us. Awesome. And it was, um, you know, this is when I'm like six. Yeah. And uh, and then, you know, as I grew, grew up, I, I rode my bike everywhere. But um but mostly I, my memories are of just riding up and down the little road in front of my house. So I brought my bike and did it. And it really fucked me up, man. <laughs> Why? For the rest of the day. Because it Emotionally put me, or? Yeah, yeah. It just put me in a nostalgic th- thing. It, it, it just changed my, my, the context of my life so severely. And, and maybe it had something to do with this time of, of this of the pandemic time and the innocence of childhood and the, and then going out to see my dad who's on, you know, he, who is a frail, you know, he's like a baby right now. Um, but all the memory, it just, I don't know. It, it shifted me into such a weird place that it was uncomfortable. And plus right now I think, so Kathy, um, as I was telling you guys before we started, uh, went in for COVID testing yesterday. She and her son feel sick. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of fear happening right now. Am I sick? Mm-hmm. And then going to my childhood home and then seeing my dad sick and his place and doing it and, and that whole, it just, mm-hmm. it was a, a, a different, it, it was how would you characterize it? Was it like a fatalistic thing, like a nostalgic thing, like a pain? Did it, it hurt there was in a, the sides? There was a big mixture of stuff that happened. It just roiled the wa- waters and kind of cracked open my little universe into a weird place. And um, it, it kind of cra- cra- uh, busted open my the delicate place that I'm yeah. in right now anyway. Sure. Um, and going to sending yourself on those kinds of like trips is you, you got to be careful with that shit. Yeah. You know, did, did you feel like it was <laughs> yeah. looking back at a safe time? Like were those memories safe? Yeah, I mean, or? that's part of it. I mean, it's not, it, it can't be, um, there's, there's a, a thousand different emotions sure. that it opened sure. up. Um, yeah, there's innocence, there's uh, nostalgia, there's all the and driving through Matamidi and seeing how much it's changed. And I went, I, I went to the high school. I I kind of drove past the high school, and now that's been expanded. And there's a whole new middle school, a new tennis course, and a cross country ski area, and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my god, this has changed. And there's a windmill there, and and the, driving through town, you know, they tore down my elementary school and put put up a little housing development there, and so. 
Um, just seeing how much time has moved on without me there, and th- that was part of it. Um, and seeing uh, th- my home, and, and, and there was a, a girl shooting baskets at the house next door that used to be the Garrisons, now who knows who lives there. But uh, um, seeing this young girl out there playing and and putting my, then that brought memories of, I you know, it just, there there was nostalgia and then there and and then you know my, i'm approaching my birth my 58th birthday here and so i'm you know an approach you know getting more serious about mortality and plus all this whole um covid thing has made me think a lot more about dying and um yeah it just it just kind of roiled up all the muddy bottom of my whole emotional <laughs> Self. You know what? The image of you as young Dave biking, and then Dave about to be fifty-eight, and then and biking and biking that same the road. same road. That is so poignant. And these these are tender times. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. really are tender times, and the vulnerabilities of our loved ones. You know, with Kathy yeah. being sick and the fear of COVID. God, I can I can really understand that this is that's. I think the the yeah. overarching Frightening. vibe is is uh, one that's disorienting. You know, that's what I associate yeah. what yeah. you're talking about with. You're disoriented, and that I get more disoriented. I get disoriented very easily these days. Yeah, yeah, and that's and so that that's a good uh, uh, segue into something I wanted to talk to you guys about, which is. And it has to do with a recommendation. Um, a friend of mine, Hans Eisenbeis, uh, recommended that I see this documentary on 2B called The Institute. Now, this is something that happened in Oakland. So you're so yeah, uh, McKenna, McKenna may know about goes this. Goes to college in Oakland. But there was uh, a group of artists that started this thing. It was kind of almost a performance art, kind of a flash, almost like a flash mob th- type thing, um, sort of a game uh, that, call, and they called themselves the Institute. And, and what, what year is this, excuse me? I think this was in the 90s, maybe. 90s, okay. Um, but I highly recommend you see this because what it was is they, they, they kind of set up these, almost like a... Um, what do you call it? not obstacle course but uh, uh, scavenger hunt type okay. things? They'd hang up these posters on things saying, uh, uh, "Learn about how to make your own force field, a human force field, or something." And then they have the phone number tags at the bottom, and uh, and just crazy things with crazy graphics on them. And people would call, and when they called, they the who answered the phone would send and say, "You've got to get to." blah blah and uh and find the key to the because the the universe is about to blah blah and and so they go there and it was just, these people would be sent on these crazy scavenger hunts and the artists who made this thing were sort of their their mo was to make life a little bit more surreal for people you know and and a little more fun just uh, a little more magical because we go out in 
our regular life and we walk around and there's signs that say, do not park here, walk, don't walk, do, do you know, like whatever. It, it, everything is very business-like and literal. Wouldn't it be fun if there were signs that kind of led you to more magical places? That's a wonderful idea. Were these folks brought together as a friend group or were they art students together? Yeah, they were artists and yeah, a friend group and, and is, yeah, but you've got to see this documentary. And then... They sound What's like terrible name? people. Ja- Jason Siegel, they're, they're really smart people, actually, really articulate people. But uh, uh, Jason Siegel, um, the, the comic actor, actor yeah, um, made a series based on that called uh, uh, Dispatches from Elsewhere. And that is also very good. He kind of put it into a narrative thing yeah. and, and fo- focused on, on some characters who went through this whole thing. Is is his uh, narrative? Is it an episodic? It's um, episodic. So yep. it's, is is it streamable? It'd be. Did you uh, watch? Yeah, both? I I streamed it, and it's on uh, AMC. Okay. And AMC has a one week free thing, so now I got to watch the whole thing in one week. And, <laughs> and what and was your takeaway from this, Dave? Well, my takeaway is that so that bike ride that I did yesterday was kind of like that. It was kind of like a surreal, like a um, I went. And made my world more surreal by doing this thing, in a by way, going to this place. To the, but it doesn't sound like the outcome was favorable for you. But it, but it sounds it like wasn't time entirely travel. un. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like kind of like travel. time travel. So yeah, kind of yeah, magical. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. and kind I have of a strict policy against time travel in this <laughs> timeline, guys. <laughs> yes, yes, it, yeah. It was magical, yeah. but it was also kind of upsetting. Sure. And it was kind of, uh, un- yeah, it was unsettling is so what it was. So in a way, you you took an emotional adventure. You cracked yes. open yes, yes, something yes, yes. and you experienced yourself in multiple time frames and emotional dimensions. Yeah. And we're in a very strange place as a as people and as a community and as a world. And I would, I would hazard to say that we're in a magical place even though it is filled <laughs> yeah. with peril. I yeah. mean, isn't that all the more reason to just stay inside and play video <laughs> games? <laughs> but those are supposed to kind of take you to a magical place also, right? A consistent, reliable, magical place. I mean, we don't want to get into the <laughs> meta question of whether we're all just in a video game, Pablo. I yeah. mean... The yeah. Matrix. Yeah, yeah, Maybe. yeah. Let's not go down that. Okay, but, but I want to talk more about this about I the power this. of a place yes. and in the and like like this place that we're in right here, this Seven Pools Park. Like one of one of the things that I associate with this place with is Jim Clifford said that he and his friend, he, he and Steve Kramer and their their friends, yeah. would do acid and come here. Yeah. They said that this was the best par- park to do an acid in, and so I I think I kind of uh, this place has got kind of a. Uh, this Seven Pools Park has got sort of a mystical aura about it anyway. Yeah. Like I think about these kids in the 60s sitting here doing acid. Oh, my God. And, <laughs> and, and I look over and I see my naked baby learning how to crawl in the stream there because or doing yoga on the lawn because I can see her at all ages. She grew up in this park. Yeah. And I used to dip her in the pool as a baby. That's where she first got her feet wet. Huh. I used to be haunted regularly by um, different times, but I, I haven't been in a while. 
I, I remember when I would visit Montreal, which is where I spent a lot of time, uh, I wouldn't go there frequently enough to sort of see the city uh, change little by little. I would just go intermittently, so I would see these sort of big changes. And then I would sort of be haunted and think back to, oh, this is where this happened and so on and so forth. And what was eerie about it was the places had not changed so much, but all the people were gone. And of course I had changed. And I think that's when you're talking about that kind of disorientation, I think that's the thing that, that resonates with me. That's one of the things. Is yeah. how, um, you know, when I walk by, say, um, Sharon's old place on 32nd and Lindale. She's not there. She's not there. But I actually don't think about that place anymore. I mean, I, I mention it now just to mention it, but but uh, Sharon and I still chat on Facebook, and I'm a different person, and she's a different person, and it's I don't get whimsical like that, but I used to do it all the time, and I'm not sure why I haven't been like that for a while. Maybe it's just being thrown in with Stephanie and Oliver. And Heavily I don't know. defended against your own emotional inner life. I, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you because I'm not <laughs> wearing was, headphones. I was making a joke that maybe it's just you're heavily defended against your own inner life. Uh, yeah, that would be nice. No, I would, that's not I would true. love that. No, I know. <laughs> I know that's not the case. I mean, I think that's in, it's an interesting thing to play with. Have you seen those films, 42 Up, 7 Up? Yeah, those are great. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. So brilliant. Do you know yeah. those ones, Dave? Yeah, yeah. 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 Michael Apted. Yeah, and that's 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 a specific thing. That, but but I kind of wanted to talk more about. So I want to keep us on this because I think that there's a lot here. And one of the things that this has led me to is one of the uh, so one of the things I've been thinking about is Kathy and I have been going for all these. Well, everybody's going for walks right now, yeah. and typically we're going close to our house, and we get bored with all the you know the, like the same old same old you know like there's only so far you can you know. What, what is our walking range? Five miles, maybe. Um, so we know every street within sure. five miles of our house. And, and so what I've been doing now is looking for oddities. And I've been writing them down in my little journal when I find an, any kind of anything that's an oddity. And, um, and I found one alley near my house that's got a couple of interesting oddities on it and um, uh, one of them is there's two different houses on that alley that face the alley where the front of the house there's there's houses all along the street but then there's also houses behind two houses that have their front doors front steps right on the alley and their little garage and stuff and that is really odd I've never seen that anyplace else in the city so are, that's are they, one of them. Are they mother-in-law houses, the way the houses used I, to be built maybe. very far back on the property? But they're old houses. I no, mean, but that's, when, that's that era is when they would build a starter house on a plot of land that they thought would be a teardown or turn into the garage, and then they build the house that's actually the house. Why? Way back on the back yeah. of the lot? No, the reverse. On the front. On the front. Oh, on the front. Yeah, yeah. The, the way most oh. houses present. But then sometimes those houses just become the houses or the, the money fails or it falls through or the plans or, or the marriage falls through. Yeah. Huh. Do you think it's that? I, it could be. I don't know. But it, it's just an oddity. Nice. And it's like, it, and it was, it's weird and kind of, yeah, it's just a, an oddity. Not that odd, but 
kind of odd. Yeah. Could and, be a uh, sign you're in a different universe. And then than right, the one you yeah. Started well, out and in. then That's right funny. down this, right down the alley from where these two houses are, somebody has nailed onto a, onto a telephone pole, an eye, ball, an eye made out of plywood. So it's got like a football-shaped piece of plywood that's painted with a very simple eye, and the the nail goes right through the center of the pupil, and it's just up there looking at you, and all alone with nothing around it at all or anything. It's just like some, and it's just it's an it's a little oddity, and so I and I love it, and so I took I said, hey Kathy, you want to go on an oddities tour? And so I walked her through that, and she and I said, you know, we looked at at that and some other little things that I had found. And, um, uh, and that, I said, that's public and we public did, we art. did that. Yeah. And I, I said, and this concludes your, your oddities tour. I hope you enjoyed it. And she, and Kathy said, I think I got my money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you feel about the oddities? I mean, does it sort of, um, rest that feeling that you get? No, no. It, well, in that case, it, it's delightful. Yeah. I like it. Um, and I, and uh, it's kind of mysterious in a, in a, in a delightful way. It, it kind of just uh, uh, makes me imagine yeah. stuff, you know, yeah. like it, your your whole thing about mother-in-law house and trying yeah. to figure out, you know, like what I wonder What's what happening? this was. Yeah, and, yeah, but I haven't got any anything invested in those places. You know what? It does remind me of two things. One, we need variety, and this is a such an interesting. And we need time. magic. And we need magic. We need whimsy, and we need mystery. It reminds me of the elf tree on Lake Harriet. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect. Perfect right? example. Right. Perfect example. And and all the children that pass by and the parents that don't see it or the people who, who walk by and they don't, they don't have to. Why do you tell our audience down. what the elf tree is, well, Kristen? I, you know, I, I'm not that familiar with it, but I, I believe it's a, it's a hollowed out tree at the base by the root. And it's been... Um, not be dazzled, but it's been somebody, somebody put it's a door somebody by a put North a American wood elf. Yeah, it's, it's somebody put a door in it, and they the, it's a it's a it's a habitation. Yeah, and people write little notes to the elf, yeah. and the and the elf responds to the notes. That's right. So whoever built that thing is answering the notes. So the, so people write little notes, and they open it up the little door and stick the notes in. And then there's a little jar outside that has the answers to the, yeah. and the elf has left. The that's beautiful. There's also a poetry pod in Seward that's similar to that. It's a little beehive that someone made, and it's got a little door, and people put poetry in it. You can, and you can open it up and take poetry, and you can also deposit poetry. Yeah, that's nice. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and those, the little free libraries are, are a little bit like that? They're yeah, sort of they whimsical. And yeah. Yeah. And now there, people have been using them as pantries, and leaving books uh, that are, uh, you know, meant as encouragement. They're they're portals of communication, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, I like I, and I like those. It's so. Um, <laughs> Pablo, what is? Okay, yeah. Okay, Pop. He's got something. What's going on? I don't know, guys. <laughs> I mean. I I feel like our reality is so fragile under the best of circumstances. I don't know that I need any more magic or whimsy or whatever. I feel like it's all pretty shaky as is. 
And yeah, uh, yeah that's true. And you know, I, I desire stability, stability. <laughs> consistency. I mean, I I don't even fundamentally believe that uh, I'm a person. I might not even have free will in the philosophical sense, not in the immediate I want a bagel sense. But you know, so uh, I like security and consistency because I don't think it's this. It's the ex- it, it is the exception. It's not the it's not the rule. I mean, I was just uh, working one day, and then uh, now I'm not working anymore. And I was uh, had all these plans and went to visit a car, and now I'm not. You know, uh, one day Dan Paul now was alive, I and now know. he's dead. So I there's enough magic and whimsy, and uh, I'm I'm happy with just some straight up consistency. And and uh, not that I'm not appreciative of what you're saying, but. Uh, yeah, no. yeah, well, you're, this you're is, right. And, and but it's funny because you're This is an like instigator. a magic, like a dark magic time yeah. right now. <laughs> but you, Pablo, are such an instigator no, and participant no, of magical events. No, I'm not. You're an event planner. You generously give to the community and create possibility no, for I don't. people. Yes, you do. <laughs> you know, this is reminding me of, uh, of this whole thing. I have uh, some friends who um, keep a... a have a blog called a couple of putts and they they their whole thing as a couple is touring around the country and checking out miniature golf courses oh i love it and uh, Ch- sorry checking out what mini golf oh fun mini golf courses and they take pictures and they play the course and they write reviews not, the, and stuff what are the folks names a couple of putts uh i can't remember is it tom loftus is yes, he? yes 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 okay. yes yeah no tom yeah 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 and uh what's his wife's name i can't remember i don't remember name. tom's a but birthday they, buddy he's got a birthday coming up he they does. helped uh, oh, build when's your birthday june 1st june 1st they helped build that uh that course down right, right. behind us at the right. walker right. um but yeah, so they're totally into that, and and in a larger sense, they're into the what they I think they call it built environments. So, which is the th- whole thing of like um, uh, restaurant themed restaurants and stuff, where you know like tiki torches and all yeah. that kind of you know like trying uh, trying yeah. to build build magical places right. in architecture, you know. And I so I was talking to her once, and and I said, well, aren't all environments kind of like that? I mean, like every building, you know, like you walk into First Bank Plaza or whatever, that's a, isn't that a built environment that's supposed to convey some sort of sense of place that is magical in its own way? You know, can, there's a there's a message that's be, being given you when you walk into uh, into the cathedral or into the First Unitarian Church here. I mean, here, here or, we are in a built environment here yeah in this seven pools park is that, a built environment those are playful you know what i mean like a, a mini golf course is playful a themed restaurant is playful yeah you yeah. know in, in a way that say the bank stadium isn't or the cathedral or whatever Just i saying. think it's an interesting idea to be a depository of magical oddities to be playful i mean i, I i'm a fan of graffiti and McKenna and I have a, have a friend. Here's a recommendation. It's a book called Going All City by Stefano Bloch. He used to be a dear friend of ours, still a dear friend. He lives in Tucson now, and his book was um, blurbed by Noam Chomsky, and it's all about his life as a young graffiti artist in Los Angeles. And um, there's lots, lots in the book. It's a memoir. It's exciting. But um, I, would, I would say that graffiti is a depository you know, it's kind of depositing magical communication. Yes, community yeah. art, I suppose, in yeah. that, that public way. art. 
unofficial public art. Yeah, and that's and and to get back to these guys in the uh, uh, actually it's called the Jejun Society. Oh, oh, nice. Um, the Jejun Society was holding in the documentary um, was holding up uh, public art. They were doing basically another form of public that's, art. Those are public the guys art. in Oakland. Yes. Okay, circling yeah. back. Love it. Yeah. And, uh, but then the whole, the story gets r- weird because one of the people who joins the Shijun Society is, is kind of unstable and he thinks that these people are not taking what they're doing seriously enough. So he builds a, he, he makes an offshoot of their organization called, uh, Elsewhere. Mm. And, uh, and they kind of go to war with each other and that's where the, that's the where the magic tanks. Yeah, that's well. That's this where this is it gets why you even. shouldn't play with strangers, <laughs> <laughs> and you should stay inside and play I'm, video games. I mean, it's the Pandora's box, right? Well, it's and that's the thing is that when you you're you're risking when you try and go into the magical world, as I did yesterday when I went to my little street in Matamidai where I grew up and rode my bike. You're kind of messing with some spirits and with the spirit world, and, you, and there are chances that if there's any mental instability, you're gonna fuck yourself up, or you're gonna fu- <laughs> people get fucked up from going to that magic place. They certainly, <laughs> they certainly can. Uh, um, you know, it's funny because I think about that, and uh, I told you I was I was really into this question of identity for a long time, and I was reading and. Um, watching a lot of uh, filthy YouTube videos, philosophy videos. <laughs> and uh, and I basically just had to stop because it just made me feel so bad about everything. Yeah. Um, like realizing that it's, it's very likely that whatever this is, uh, we don't really have a handle on it. And, um, and that's okay. But what, um, but my, whatever I am that is uh, doing whatever it is doing is important to me and I want to maintain it, uh, you know, uh, perpetuate it. And and I, when I get thinking about these kinds of things, so much of our experience, and this is not a sort of a a large philosophical statement, this is a much more immediate statement, so much of our experience is really our practice and our locations and so on and so forth. So you get up, you make your coffee, you do your thing, you start to believe in it you start to believe in its predictability and its consistency, but that says everything about you and nothing about the thing in and of itself. And it's still possible for you to wake up one morning and Dan Paul now not, not to be alive for you to wake up one morning and there to be a global pandemic for you to wake up and, uh, have cancer or for you to wake up and, uh, someone bought you a new car or whatever, you know, I mean, there are a lot of things and, and, um, Disruptions, you'd call them. Not just disruptions, but I'm just saying that the the world is very possible, and uh, and any sort of limitations are our form or our function. Okay. So, Dave, your practice of going down the alley and observing things and so on and so forth—that's a way of practicing, sort of um, stepping outside your Routine, routine, yeah. and and uh, those kinds of things I think can be a great relief because, as you said, Frable, we have a need for novelty and and new yeah, things. Yeah, but we, it, and and what there a lot of the articles that I'm reading right now, though, about mental health during this pandemic is 
the, like the first item on the checklist is have a routine. You know, cultivate routine. Yeah. Wake up at the same time every day. Go to bed at the same. Make it. You know, make your coffee. Do your exercise. Do your blah 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 da 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 da. And that yeah. that keeps you stable because if there's too much, no, there's already too much novelty happening right now. I, it's interesting because it makes me think of well, what is the goal? Is it stability? Is it insight? Is it growth? Is it adaptation? Is it a feeling of enjoyment or wonder or humility in the face of, you know, mortality. I mean, all the things that you were talking about as you biked along that road and the feelings that you went through and the memories and then what it provokes in, in you today, which could be, you know, would have been vastly different if it had been pre-COVID, right? Sure. I mean, we're, we're vulnerable in different ways, but... I think that this whole notion of r running back towards normal or cleaving to routine to promote stability or, I mean, I, I guess I, I question in a way not the desire for mental stability or, or emotional health. That's fantastic. I'm all for that. But I question the on-ramps the traditional on-ramps to get there because we pre-COVID thought our world was working and it wasn't for most people. I don't know about that. It, wa it wasn't <laughs> can, can working Can you give us an example people. of what, what you mean the traditional on-roads? Like just name some? Well, so. well, we were just talking about routine. You know, all yeah. the advice, all the, all the articles saying um, go back to waking up at the same time. Find a way I to see. And you're saying that's a structures. traditional... On road to I, quote normalcy or, I, or whatever. I'm saying those are things that we cleave to that yeah. make us feel better. And why are we feeling better? Do we want to feel better about things that are terrible, like we did pre this pandemic? A lot of us felt pretty darn good about a world that was structured for most people to suffer and other people to be, you know, cool and groovy and and living lives of. Um, I mean, there was a lot. There was a not to lot like about it, but uh, I did like the restaurants. I like. I, <laughs> I know. I, you know the Kenwood serving again for lunch and dinner. What? I'm just saying. No, no. They oh, let yes. you in there? No, no, no. They they do curbside. Oh no, no. Yeah, I yeah. know. I know. Yeah, yeah we. I've it. ordered a number of times from them already. But I'm just saying. You know the 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 disorientation can sometimes lead to an insight or a growth or not, not the bad kind of growth that you need to get cut off, but. Uh, an expanded view of what the world is and what's possible and, and who you are. I mean, these boundaries that are being dissolved where you're all of a sudden in your childhood where you're biking down the street and then you're about to be 58 and, you know, we're dealing with mortality. These are shifting perceptual boundaries that can be terrifying. Yeah, and they can bring inspiration. And But inspiring. inspiration yeah. can be... Uh, scary and yeah, and, destabilizing. And off, yeah, for sure. Really, unsettling. I mean, there's the, yeah. all those myths about those insights. You know, in Aesop, where you get the gifts, or the the three Miller's sons, where the you know the lazy, the diligent, and then the person who just can't do anything, and the person who can't do anything ends up being the person who finds the gift of wisdom. Do you remember that? <laughs> I don't know that one, but oh, it's pretty. I know, but it sounds about right. <laughs> You know, and this, oh, you're going to love this doc documentary because yeah, one I'm of the, the, the uh, premises of the, the elsewhere society is 
um, this whole concept of what they call casual nonchalance. <laughs> Sorry, I can't quite hear you, Dave. What did you say? There's, <laughs> they are they espouse sort of the the god of this uh, elsewhere society yeah. um, is this concept of casual nonchalance. Oh. It's called, huh. and it's kind of like the the guy that you're talking about. This uh, the 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 concept of stumbling through life and just letting providence take care of you. Yeah, you know, uh, like letting walking into a, a pile of shit and coming out smelling like roses. You know, and yeah, like you were talking about idleness last week, or maybe the week before, as a as something you're cultivating idleness. Yeah. Yeah. I so, Frames, what are, what are you, where are you at? I mean, in some ways, you sound a little like uh, the Joker in the Dark Knight. <laughs> Didn't and, see it. And it's, uh, you should. It's an important film. <laughs> anyway, um, and then, uh, oh, we got a dog situation here. Yeah, well, what are you asking? How am I? How am well, I doing? Uh, how are you, and what do you want to... Uh, what are you hoping for in the in the uh, in, if we make it to the other side of this thing? Um, well, I'm great. Thanks for asking. I'm actually, you know, I'm feeling pretty calm. Nothing is. I'm wa I'm saving my grief for when it's an actual situation, because right now everybody I know is relatively okay. Although there's questions that that worry me. Of people but um, I feel as if I'm in touch with people who are grounded in a reality that I share which is comforting um, so they're staying inside and being very careful and not going back to work um, and then I feel confident in kind of the differentiation where there's some people I know who want to do things that I'm not prepared for so I'm just saying I love you see you later <laughs> Um, you know, as long as my, I'm a mom, so as long as my kid is safe, I, I feel like the world is okay. I, I, I feel as if this is a very soulful time and I'm experiencing it that way. I'm yeah. A lot of people are saying that. I just ran it. Do you know Seth, uh, is Bhavani, uh, uh Bhavani Aramila used to be, uh, Jim and Jim used to live with Bhavani. Oh yeah. I rem Oh my God. Yeah. Um, his old girlfriend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. his old girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. and uh, she, after she and Jim broke up, uh, she got together with a guy named Seth, and they got married, and they have a, a child. Nice. Um, and they live right by me. I ran into Seth the other day, and uh, and we were talking about that, about how this is, this is really, you know, once we got past the alarm of mm -hmm. of early April, mm -hmm. um, it has now sort of settled into a, a new normal that is into a more routine thing that is very quiet and mm. very peaceful and, and something that should be savored because mm. it's not going to happen ever probably well it, it could it happen but you know i'm 58 i'm i'm gonna fucking drop dead any day, any day now but uh um you know, in our lifetimes, <laughs> we probably won't have another peaceful time like this. And I don't know. Or we'll <laughs> shift into cultivating it because I'm, I'm really hearing parents, all my students are thriving, and I'm hearing parents when they check in at the end of a piano lesson, 
um, tell me they're amazed at their children's uh, sense of stability and their being delightful with them. Some of the stresses of family life are being lifted by just simply time spent together. And some and are I, being exacerbated. <laughs> yeah, that may be, but I do think that the the notion that we want to rush back to a grind may we may be able to improve on the expectations busyness. Of, what, of what life is. Oh, I just There's have no a more very busyness. cynical take on that. I think it's only going to get worse, and this is only an opportunity for those people that control a great deal of the resources to screw everybody else, and that's exactly what they're going to do. And no new society will arise from it, just more of the same. And it's going to be that way for a long time. We won't see a revolution or substantive change in our lifetimes. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think that's, I don't think I am. Oh, oh boy. I don't know. I, I guess I have to disagree because. Okay. Wait, you're allowed to disagree, but at what point can I ridicule you and be like, I told you so in your face. Do I have to wait till we're on our deathbeds? Honey, you can don't I have do to wait. it? Can I do it in like 10 years? 10 minutes. I mean, ideally what I'd like to do it is when your hope has completely <laughs> disappeared. And then I would like to just a little punctuation like, well, told you so. And then watch you sink into the pit of despair after that. Now, I say that with great love and affection. Of course. <laughs> well, big, I mean, it, it's got to change something. It's going to change something because big events change things. And it just changes the ecosystem of things, you know. Right, people, sure, but it could change for the worse. It's, it could, yeah. It's going to change in, in some way, but I don't think it's going to change in the same. Like there may be more inequality um, in the, I think, in the short term, but there's going to be if if people are starving, if there's bl blood in the street, things change. People are already starving. There's already blood in the street. I mean, we've had all kinds of genocides, and I suppose famine has been less over the years but you know there are terrible things about this yeah world i but not like it was in like even like the depression um you know my grandma talks about depression and uh, it, it was a whole different world than yeah. it was you know post 1929 was a lot different than it was in the roaring 20s and uh and then um you know fdr came along and made a lot of uh, huge societal changes yeah. uh, there were a lot of legislative changes all right could get that, could get better i'll grant that i hope i'm wrong could get better how are you pablo how are you well i'm fine <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 no, what no blood in the street. No, by your house. <laughs> no. Why the cynicism? I don't. I don't. Uh, I just. Uh, I don't know. What's hurting? No, no, it's not hurt. It's just uh, grumpy. Yeah, are you yeah, grumpy? What, are you no, grumpy about COVID? Yeah, I'm not grumpy. He's <laughs> 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 a boo boo bikini about the COVID. Somebody having a pity party. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just. Uh, I'm just not optimistic. I'm not upset about it. I'm not depressed. I hope I'm wrong. I don't mean to be overly cynical or anything, but uh, I mean, Alain de Baton would say that if you've got the right attitude, that this that the cynic is not um, in ancient Greek 
culture, the cynic was not was considered a wise man. Well, I like to consider myself or woman. A woman. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just uh like I said, I just don't have a lot of I don't my confidence is not high in our in the machine of of uh industry or our society or our choices or anything like that. And I have a feeling things um, are going to get worse before we're able to unite and get better. Uh, and maybe there's some long rise where, you know, less death, more fun has been happening over the years. I don't know what those trends are. I know I've heard arguments one way or the other. I mean, both ways, but I don't know. I'm, but I'm not... I'm not upset. I'm not bummed out. I'm having a good day. I'm eating well. I'm enjoying my life. Um, you know. You're getting all kinds of work. I'm working a fair amount. I won't work. I probably won't be working in June. Mm. So we'll see, could get back to me in June, and then I'll maybe I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yeah, There's uh, there are a lot of people who say that we are living in a golden age of uh, there is less starvation than there ever was in the history of the planet there's less uh, uh, disease there's less of all the traditionally bad things that have ha killed millions for eons you know the the <laughs> like when i so every year i go on a bike tour in europe which i would be on right now if not for this and um uh Last year was kind of our war, World War One tour. We mm. uh, visited Western, uh, uh, went rode through the from uh, Amsterdam to Paris, which is right through the sweet spot of World War One, uh, Flanders and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, you go, you ride through villages where uh, three hundred fifty thousand people died in one day. Yeah. Um, we haven't had a war in, in, in the whole of the Vietnam War. Sixty thousand people were killed. Yeah, <laughs> um, those World War One was beastly. Millions. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just cannon fodder. People, kids. I just so I went for a, a skateboard ride down by the uh, VA hospital. Nice. Yeah, boosted board. Yeah, yeah. and uh, um, there's a memorial to the young soldiers of of uh, the Civil War, and. They had a list of the uh, how many were killed uh, and their ages. Um, there was like four hundred ten-year-olds that were killed in the uh, in the Civil yeah. War, um, and then it goes and then it ramps up uh, like eleven year years old, six hundred; twelve years old, twelve hundred; thirteen years old. 15,000. Wow. I mean, you know, like, and yeah. then the the highest point was 16-year-olds. There were more 16-year-olds killed than any other age in that thing. You know, That's amazing. 16, those are li they're little, little kids. Babies. Isn't there a Steven Pinker book that, I think it's Steven Pinker, where he writes about um, the world's less violent now than it ever has been. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 our better selves, the... Is that better, Stephen Pinker? The better natures, the better selves of our nature. Something like that. Yeah, it's Stephen Pinker. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it, but... Um, yeah. yeah, the you but know, the Industrial Re Revolution, where you got five-year-olds working in the loom, in the factories, yeah. and never seen daylight. And I mean, <laughs> yeah, I have a... I guess I have the perspective of, 
um, you know, before birth control, slavery, and after birth control. You know, now that slavery is universally condemned, if not eradicated, I just feel as if this pandemic and global warming too brings us together in a, a paradigm shift of a worldview that will bear fruit down the down the way. I like to think so too. I really do. I, I, I hope do think you're so. right. And you know, if we're wrong, I mean, it's still look at the sun. It's got, I'm going to enjoy so beautiful that moment 10 years from now <laughs> when i'm in shackles when you're in shackles when we're both in the work camp we're in shackles my, my, my i'm just about to die from starvation i turn to you and i Frabes. say Rabes, in your face. In your face. Told you so. <laughs> Told you so. I mean, there are terrible things happening all the time. Of course there are. But we have the internet, so we get to hear about them. And we yeah. get to organize around fighting them. This young man who was gunned down in the street. Um, you know, I can't remember his Ahmad. Three months ago. No. No, just no, a couple no. days ago. It was, it was not three days ago. This guy you're talking about, I believe that oh, case was jogger. three months ago. Yeah, the jogger. Yeah, it you're was right, a couple right. months ago, but people are just hearing about it now. Right. The, video. No, it was, the, the video but just came months out. Months ago, but, that's, but that's my point, is it is getting through. The, the information is getting through because we have this magical pipeline. And those guys weren't arrested for three months. That's true. And now but they are. They were arrested. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I don't want to hold uphold that as progress because it's obviously, it's about the lack of progress. But the fact that we care about it, hear about it, are organizing around it, is progress. Yeah, I would like to think so. I hope. Mm. I, I think we should leave it at that, you guys. Okay. <laughs> I think we've come to a good place to. Uh, okay. Can to I to play our? Uh, can you what? Uh, can I just say thank you to you guys and. Uh, thank you, Frames. No, thank you, Dave. Yeah. And Dave, I hope you're. I know I sound like the uncheery one, but I'm actually pretty cheery. I hope you cheer, cheer up, my friend. <laughs> I am cheery. <laughs> and I love you guys super much. I love you too. And it's nice to do this with you. Yeah, yeah. I love you too. Till next week. Be safe. Bye.